on wild endeavors. Their fey trial behind them, the wayward sons summoned the wild hunt in hopes of tracking down legendary hero Igraine Venguin. The hunters agree to consider the companion's request only if they survive a so-called Great Hunt. Now the heroes are battling their way across a magical island, trying to survive and overcome 19 other teams. This is the story of the Wayward Sons, featuring Amy Jostino as the Dwarven Barbarian, Tharina Thunderhelm. I will hit my new friend again. Adam Rogers as the gnome rogue, Malkin Kessel. Yeah, I mean, I would like to check for traps and all the rogue stuff. Devin Salisbury as the Eldrin wizard, Varys Leodon. Don't pretend like you read my mind. I'm going to do a fireball, because that's what I wanted to do. Nick Feely as the elf fighter, Aramil Galadinal. And I'll shoot their faces off with arrows. Evan Chamberlain as the human cleric, Elliman Corster. All right, hang on, hang on. I have an idea. Uh, I think I have an idea. And I'm Thomas Marsetti. DM and producer of these are Wild Endeavors. Now, Episode 3, A Great Hunt. gained the second floor of a ruined building and is stalking forward to strike an unsuspecting archer. Across the street, Varage is rummaging through the ruined buildings trying to find something useful. Elliman and Aramil have just ran into the building to see if Malkin needs help. Elliman made it up to the second floor and Aramil easily ran past him and is on the last stair before making the third floor. Malkin is hiding on the stairs, leaving to the fourth floor, as a member of one of the opposing teams is starting to skulk their way down. The elf is wearing the same leather bikini as most of your group. Uh, virtually every inch of the elf's exposed brown skin is covered in scrimshaw-like tattoos. He has a longbow and a dagger, and for the moment does not see Malkin hiding in the shadows of the stairs. Malkin, you are up. What would you like to do? I would like to wait until he gets to the base of the stairs and then surprise attack. So this is kind of an extension of what was happening between the two of you on the last round. So let's just go ahead and resolve this right now. 19 to hit. That'll hit. And you've got your new ridiculous amount of backstab, right? I'm about to roll 86 on him, so... Okay. Whatever. I thought... 27? <laughs> well, that's a good hit. What does that look like? So I feel like I maybe would, like, come from around the, like, covered corner of the stairs mm-hmm. and maybe just stab, like, into his stomach, because that's probably where I can reach, and kind of twist and pull the blade back out. And I can, I'd like to, like, dash away back into the, the shadows, disengage, and, and run away. With your remaining action economy, you can do two of those three things. So disengage, run away, and hide. Disengage and run away. Okay, so Malkin darts up the stairs, stabs this elf in the gut, and then given the height difference and the fact that you're on lower stairs than he is, it's pretty easy for you to then kind of like duck out of any kind of return attack and run back down the stairs. Further down the stairs, on the ground floor, we are back to Varys, who was scavenging. I like to scavenge. 
Okay. <laughs> I have Roll. literally nothing on me. Let me tell you, if I try to hit one of these guys with my fist, it's not going to work out. 17 for searching. Okay. So you found a potion of blur. Great. Uh, one use. Uh, attackers have disadvantage uh, when they try to attack you for 10 minutes. And you found another holy symbol. <laughs> with a durability of four. How many items do you have now? Um, I have Blissweed, two holy symbols, and a potion. Okay. I'm not, I'm just gonna leave the other holy symbol I just found. Okay. Elemen, you're making your way up the stairs. You see Aramil go running up past you, and then you hear a scuffle on the f- somewhere up above, and you see what you think to be probably Malkin running across the, the top of the stairs. What would you like to do? Alright, I wanna go up there and rock this guy's world. Yeah, I'll say that you can charge up the stairs, and then because you have that extra reach uh, from the pole arm that you're using, you're able to get within striking distance of this elf on the stairs. Uh, a 20 total. Oh, that's a hit. Okay. Nine bludgeoning damage. So you charge up, and in the close confines of the stairwell, it pretty much has to be kind of like a thrust, and you use your momentum and that extra reach to slam this hammer pole arm into the elf's stomach. And this elf is not looking good. Now it is their turn. The elf that Elemin just smashed in the stomach is going to slash out wildly with his knife. The first attack is kind of a wild swing that goes wide as they kind of half stumble, half lunge down the stairs. But they are able to recover just a little bit and come back at stabbing you in the thigh for eight damage. And then two more figures are going to appear at the top of the stairs. Although from where you all are standing, you probably only can see like some of their shadows, maybe the bottoms of their feet. But they take up a stance and appear to be waiting or preparing themselves for something. Across the street, Thorina is making her way across the second story of that building toward an elf that is looking out through the ruined wall and seems to be unsuspecting at the moment. What would you like to do? I guess I should smash his head in. (laughs) Okay. And you have advantage because he doesn't know you're there. It's a natural 20. That's going to leave a mark. So roll, roll your other attack, too. And then we'll do the damage all at once. 17? That'll hit. So one of them was 14, and the other was 5. So you pounce the last couple of steps, bring the hammer down two hands over your head into the back of this elf's skull. He staggers forward and grabs the edge of the ruined wall and uses that as leverage to begin to spin around to face you. But he's spinning the opposite way you were expecting him to. So as he moves, your hammer hits him again in the shoulder. But it's as that shoulder's kind of moving away, minimizing some of the damage. But you can see him struggling to, you know, get his eyes to focus and is still using that wall for a little bit of support. You have pretty significantly hurt him. The end. (laughs) Okay. That brings us to Aramil. You are on the stairs, but technically, or for all intents and purposes, you are on the third floor of this building. You heard what sounded like someone getting stabbed and then Malkin coming running down the stairs. 
a wounded elf just a little bit behind him, and then Elemen charging up past you to smash that elf in the gut. What would you like to do? I would like to run up and try to hit this very wounded elf with my broken table leg. Do it. That is a 19, which is a critical for me. Aramil is apparently done fucking around. (laughs) That would be 10 damage. Give me a little flavor for that one. I am coming two-handed straight down on the top of his head. You hear a serious cracking sound. And it's not clear if it's from the elf's head or from the table leg that has now broken and fallen to pieces. Either way, his eyes just roll up into his head, and a little bit of blood starts coming out of his nose as he just collapses onto the ground. Nice. Now, I know Malkin did most of the damage, but I just kill the guy with the table leg, so... <laughs> he drops a dagger and a bow. Can I pick up the bow? Sure. Pretty standard longbow with two durability. Damn. Do I know the guys are at the top of the stairs, or can I see them? You can see their shadows coming down, so you know that they're... There's, um, so this is... Um, so I get two more attacks, but I don't really have anyone to attack at this point. So I'm just done. All right. Malkin. Elemin and Aramel are back with you. One of the combatants is down, and you know but can't see that there's at least two more up pretty close to the top of the stairs. What would you like to do? I mean, I don't want to make a move up the stairs with guys with bows, so I feel like I might go back to, like, the same spot I was before I killed the last... Well, before I maimed the last guy. (laughs) I feel like I'm, like, holding my dagger just like what I did the last time, waiting for them to get in that same spot, and I'll leap out and stab. Okay, so you are holding your move again. Back to the ground floor with Varys. Scavenging again. So I think you are, like, you are, at this point, like, making your way around, like, the base of this tower, like, looking for things, or, like, poking in your head into, like, the occasional hole in a wall. Um, but yeah. you definitely keep going. 21. As you're digging through the rubble, you finally find something that excites you. At first, it appears to be just a horn, uh, more like an antelope than a bull's. It circles back on itself almost perfectly so it forms a hoop about the size of your hand, with the pointy end disappearing into the base of the horn, almost like an Ouroboros. You can tell right away it has arcane properties. It is, in fact, an arcane focus, and this one is magical, so it has seven durability. All right. I'm on the way, guys. (laughs) So it is the Swift's turn. The elf that just got smashed by Therina is going to turn around and try to punch her. Actually hit with both of them for a total of four damage. Two pops, like, right in the nose. The two... Elves that were at the top of the stairs are seem to be still standing there just kind of with their weapons drawn. Malkin, Elemen, and Aramil, you hear like some scuffling above. And that'll bring us to Elemen. Okay, I'm gonna cast Spiritual Weapon as a bonus action. Okay. And uh I'm gonna send up the stairs to attack. Okay. Yeah, okay. you can do that. What does it look like? What form does it take? Uh it's taken form of my normal sword that I don't have because I'm I'm missing it right now. So you start your prayers to Tempest, and the divine power, that red glow of energy of the war god, begins to flow out of your hands and float into the air in front of you, slowly taking the shape of a sword. 
It then goes sailing up the stairs to attack your opponent, so go ahead and roll your attack. Uh, so the first attack is a, uh, an 18. That'll hit. Alright, since I cast it at a higher level, it's 2d8. Uh, 15 points of uh, bludgeoning damage. And that sounds like a pretty intense hit, but again, you can't quite see them just yet. Alright. Back across the street, Therina, you are facing off with an elf that you just hit in the head with your hammer. They're a little wobbly from getting hit in the head, but they did manage to punch you twice in the face. I will hit my new friend again. That is a 22. That will hit. Actually, you want to do both attacks at once again? You might as well. And a 29. That'll hit too, yeah. yeah. One is 14 and 14. 14 and 14? Yep, yep. What does that look like? I'd swing it up, like, straight through and hit him, like, under the chin. And then the second, flip it around and bring it down. So, like, a very gory version of whack-a-mole. You smash this elf in the face and just drive him down to his knees. And then, like a sack of potatoes, he just kind of crumples to the ground. And doesn't seem to be moving anymore. Cool. I'm going to go back down now. So, Therina is starting to make her way back down toward the street... Across the way, Aramel, you are at the base of the stairs with Alaman and Malkin. Alaman just sent a spectral weapon flying up the stairs, and you could hear it hit one of the elves that are up there. Do you think that I would know if they were, like, on edge enough where, like, if I threw, like, a rock in there and it made a big noise, they would just, like, fire arrows at it, like, if they're scared? Yeah, I would say you have a pretty good idea that something like a rock is not going to be quite enough. You know, Elemen's divine magic sword just went sailing up the stairs, and that didn't cause them to shoot. So uh, something like a rock is probably not going to be enough, but maybe there's another way to get them to, to do that. Nah, you have fuck. to come with something else, but... I'm just going to run off at the bottom of the stairs and let them get attacks on me, and then I'll shoot their fucking faces off with arrows. <laughs> okay. So just a couple long strides brings you to the base of the stairs where you can see up where the two archers are. One of them does take a shot at you. That's a 17, which I'm pretty sure is going to hit you. Yep, my AC is 16. Okay, so the arrow comes flying down the stairs and catches you in the side, kind of just above your hip. For nine damage. Okay. And you now see two elves at the top of the stairs. One of them has, uh, is kind of like engaged with a spectral sword. Alright. I will, uh, shoot the one that is not engaged with the spectral sword. Okay. And I'll use, do I get to use sharpshooter? Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. Rolled up. <laughs> I got a one. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, these are, not the best longbows. So that, that first one just kind of goes wonky and they, like the arrow snaps and... I'll string up another one and try the same thing. Okay. 17. That'll hit. Alright. So I do 1d8 and then sharpshooters plus 10 damage. Mm-hmm. And then plus your, your dex. Okay, so it's 17. Because you're a fucking fighter and you're good at fighting. Correct. As the elf at the top of the stairs is reaching back for another arrow to shoot at you, yours flies up and like slams right into his shoulder. And that was the last durability for the bow, so you hear and feel the bow crack in your hand. 
it doesn't like splinter or shatter or anything like that, but you know that the next time you try to draw back this bow, it, it will snap and it will break. Alright. Um, so I think for my third, for my third attack, can I run up and just try to punch the guy? Sure. Yeah. Or did you, what if I, I stab like narratively with an arrow like we talked about? I think it's still going to be the same damage. Okay. I'd rather stab him with an arrow. It's more my style. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, go ahead and roll your attack. And that's plus strength? If it's an arrow, I'll, I'll give you dex. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> uh, 15. That'll hit. Uh, so, it count, I'm going to counting as an unarmed strike, so that's one plus your strength modifier. Oh, shit. Okay, so that's three damage. Still reeling from your arrow in the shoulder, this elf seems very surprised to have you then charge at him. And then even more surprised to see you stabbing at him with an arrow. You catch him in the stomach. And it's obviously not like a deep or very serious wound, but on top of the arrow in his shoulder, he's looking much less confident and uh, battle-ready than he was just moments ago. Back at the top with Malkin. You were lying in wait at the base of the stairs, and then you saw Elemen send a magical sword up the stairs, and... Aramil came to the base of the stairs and fired a bow up the stairs before charging up. So I'd like to run up as well while he's kind of engaged with this other one and like try to do what he did for me the last time and like stab this guy dead. Really dead. Okay. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about what that looks like. I'm gonna like run up like along the side, maybe like right behind Aramil to where like Maybe the one he just stabbed with the the arrow is more focused on him, so they don't really see me. And then kind of like, I would like to crawl or like sneak up under his legs and then reach up and stab in the stomach area. I don't know. Where did he hit him? Classic sneak attack. 25? Oh, yeah, that'll hit him. 26. Yeah, so I think you, you slam that dagger home. His back arches as he screams, and he kind of like tries to kind of grab it and starts to like stagger backwards a little bit. You move out of the way as he like kind of just like he f- falls down onto his butt and is very clearly bleeding out. He's not like dead, dead, but he's about to be dead. Like he's out of the fight. Cool. Hopefully, I kind of surprise Aramil <laughs> to see this because whether or not he saw me or sneak under his legs and then this guy just falls down and I'm kind of standing there with the dagger. <laughs> uh, yeah, that seems surprising. Back on the ground with Varys, uh, you've heard a couple of fairly meaty thwacks from the smaller building uh, across the street from you. The sound you typically associate with Thorina smashing someone with her hammer. And then above you through some of the holes in the wall of the the building where the shooting was coming from, you've heard some scuffling and a muffled scream. What would you like to do? I would... Oh, my name. Uh, I'd like to make my way into the building, uh, basically Um, watching the exits to see if any... if the other party member comes out. You know, knowing that your party members have gone through already and, like, how mostly open these rooms are, you can make it up to the second floor if you want to. Uh, uh, sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Next is the other team. There's the one elf up near the top of the stairs with Aramel and Malkin. It's currently fighting with Element's Spectral Sword. 
that elf is going to actually take an attack against the sword, which obviously doesn't do a whole lot. And then he's going to take a swipe with his sword at Aramil. And trying to deal with the spectral sword and make an attack is just too much for him. He swings kind of wildly and misses. Malkin would see that the last of these elves was, like, trying to climb over the edge of, like, one of the holes in the wall. Like, he was going to kind of try to, like, drop down outside the building and is now trying to climb back in. Then he sees that you guys are up on the floor with him. But he screwed up a strength check, and so he's kind of dangling precariously on the edge of the fourth floor. And so that brings us to Elemen. I'm going to run up and attack the guy that my spectral sword is fighting. Okay. So I'm going to hit him with the hammer first. 27 to hit. <laughs> that is, that'll hit. Okay. <laughs> Let's make sure. 16 points of bludgeoning damage. And then uh, I want to hit him also with my uh, spirit weapon as a bonus action. Sure. 25 to hit. That'll hit. Uh, 16 points of bludgeoning damage on that one too. Okay. And so what does that attack look like? Uh, basically, it's going to be like a one-two punch. Um, I would go to, like, uh, do the thing where I, like, hit him in the gut with the uh, the, the hammer. And I'll let the sword just come down and strike him in the back. The blow to the stomach doubles him over, and he kind of gurgles a little bit. And then your spectral sword carves a deep gash down his back. He convulses just a little bit and then falls the rest of the way forward, kind of lying across the handle of your polearm, and doesn't move anymore. So that brings us to Thorina. Uh, you are across the street. Um, I think you can see now... Oh, yeah, you can probably see now, too. Like, there's an elf that looked like he was, like, trying to climb out the fourth story with a building across the street, and then it seems to have changed his mind as trying to go back in, and something like broke away and like now he's kind of like scrambling his little legs are like um dangling and kicking wildly um because i can't throw that hammer and it like hit him right because that's too far oh like range wise i'd let you try that all right i'm gonna try it (laughs) that's a 20 that'll hit 13 damage okay and then go ahead and roll again plus your strength modifier 19 okay so the hammer flies up there and hits this guy in the back and hits him hard enough to, like, break his grip on the edge of the wall. And so he falls. That means he's going to take... Oof. Well, let's just say that after falling four stories onto a pile of rubble, What's left of this elf does not seem like a threat anymore. Cool. Can I scurry down and get my hammer now? Sure. Yeah. Cool. The cloud of dust from the fallen elf still hangs in the air as a horn echoes across the sky of the island. How many have we heard so far? Is that three? That'll be the third, yes. 16 out of the 19. But three out of nineteen, we have to kill. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess we leave the building now. We dirt the tower. We go down, back out. Sure. Um. So additional loot from their bodies. You find another longbow. Air um, mill. Same deal. This one has two durability. Okay. And you find another dagger 
for durability. And then you each can make a D100 roll. 88. Varus finds a magical whip called a booming strap. It's D4 damage, 10 foot range, plus 2 to attack and damage. You can choose to do thunder damage instead, yeah. uh, which will give it plus 1 damage. Alright. And it has 6 durability. I got a 96. You found a shield. It's a plus 2 to armor class uh, with 3 durability. 21. Malkin, you are going to find a set of hide armor that is armor class of 12 with a durability of 3. I got a 90. And Aramel, you found a magic longsword plus 2 to attack and damage. The special ability on that is you can spend an action to beseech the spirits of the weapon if you make a sufficiently impassioned plea. For the next minute, the next attack you make is an automatic critical, and then the weapon loses that property. So this magic sword is called the Final Edge. Nice. And has a durability of six. Okay, I'm going to take the magic wand sword and I'll drop the small clump of herbs that lets me breathe underwater for 30 minutes. Sure. Thomas, I rolled a 52. So Element found a druidic spell focus. I'm going to not carry that then. I would, yeah. (laughs) Evan, did you want my holy symbol that I had on me? Yes, please. It's got, it's seven out of seven durability. Pretty good one. What symbol, what, who is it for? I'm just curious. I'm going to say, because I get to choose. Yeah. It is a symbol of Tiamat. T- Tiamat. Oh, okay. That's that. that all right, I like that. Okay. So, minor spoilers. If any of the items that you have at the end still have durability left, you can take them off the island, and they will just be regular, like strength items. Like they won't have durability anymore. So, if you find a magic item you really like and want to try to take it off the island, just don't break it. Does anybody want this uh, plate armor that I have? Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. It takes up two item spots, just so you know. That's fine. So I'm going to pick the herbs back up, just so you know, because I have okay. 200 items left. And then, so the whole point of you coming to the city was you wanted to scavenge some more in the city, right? Okay. So then for the sake of brevity, I'll say that before you left the tower, as you are standing on the third floor, kind of looking out over the city, you're able to see a building that is far more intact than anything around it. It looks almost almost untouched by whatever ruin uh, befell this city. You can make your way there without any issue. Inside, you're going to find five treasure chests. So I'm going to have you each roll again. And this one will be off of a different table. It has a higher chance of uh, some better loot. Nice. We get more shit. I I enjoy this. (laughs) (laughs) 45... Okay, so you find a piece of your gear, uh, oh. whatever piece you would like to take, and then also 50 feet of rope. I'm going to take my sword then. Okay. That counts as one item that you're carrying, uh, but obviously it does not have any durability. So. All right. And then rope? And rope, yep. But you want some rope? 91 for Varus. Okay, so you find a piece of your gear... Thomas, if I were to take my spell book, would then I be able to cast spells at all times? 
Yeah. Yeah, I'd give that to you. Alright, I'll do that then. And a compassionate spear, plus two attack and damage. Wounds with this spear inflict no pain, um, and so you have advantage on stealth attacks. Okay. It has a durability of six. Hey, Varys, if you don't want that, I'll take it. (laughs) How much shit can you have? Uh, I think I was actually... I was going to probably pass this on to Malkin. Because he only has a dagger, and I feel like if anybody's going to attack from stealth, it would be this guy. And giving Malkin advantage on stealth attacks makes him sneak attack every attack. As long as he's stealthed, yeah. As long as he's stealthed. Thanks, Varys. Everyone's being nice to me today. (laughs) I'm literally the only person I think that's giving you anything. I got a two. Okay, well, you get a piece of your gear. Also, find some various roots, which you can use to heal 2d4. I will drop the longbow that I have and take my bow, Fulcral. I will take the roots, because I have an empty item. Okay. At 73. Alright, well, you find a piece of your gear, and... Yay, Warhammer! <laughs> you also find a pouch, which will allow you to hold two items. Oh. Well, I will put my other not-used Warhammer in there. Okay, I know how you like to collect them. I've only got four now. <laughs> no, that's not true. 73. Oh, shit. Um, Okay. So you found one of, you know, one piece of your gear. I mean, I'd, I'd really love to have my short bow. Okay. You also found a carpet that appears to be magical. When you stand on it, it starts to float off the ground. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> How many uses does my magic carpet friend have? Ten. And it has a speed of 60 feet. And a capacity of 600 pounds. Uh, look, all I'm just saying is you probably should keep that for, like, future use. I mean, I don't know how to carry this thing around. Probably very comically. I don't know. I mean, if I could, like, try... Oh, we, we don't have the bag of holding, so, yeah, I'm, this is weird. I feel like it's rolled up, and I'm, like, trying to carry it over my shoulder. You strap it to your back, and it's comically big on you, use, but it's... Use Evan's rope to tie it to your back. It is worth, trust me. <laughs> I do have, um, like, the knitting gear still, so I don't know. <laughs> You probably don't need them. I think between the sewing kit and the rope, you guys can make some type of, like, harness that not only will make it somewhat l- less ridiculous for, for Malkin to carry this, but also, like, if you need to use it very quickly, you can. All right, sounds good. So as you're finishing up the harness from Malkin and getting your new gear stored and settled, another trumpet blast echoes in the sky above. Reminding you that shit is still going on. So what would you like to do now? We need to stay on the move and searching for others. Yeah, I think we should be aggressive and not passive. Yeah. We're pretty strong. We can get a lot of things asses. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, think like anything that they have, we can take them out early. We can get that and add to our arsenal. So agreed. Yep. Because I feel like we've found everything we can here. That's kind of where I'm at too. Yeah, let's yeah. move to another city. Do we want to do the when when Nora ring, or do we want to go south to Angel Pass Arsenal? I'm going to go through the woods to the Black Rock. Okay, Black just Rock. That's just because I like Lost. <laughs> 
There's nothing wrong with that. I said the woods would provide some cover too. I kind of agree with the woods. They definitely would. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's, here's where I'm at. I want to go to the Black Rock wreck, and I also want to go north to the harbor because I have a an herb that will let me breathe underwater for 30 minutes, so I kind of want to dive and see if I can find any cool stuff like in the harbor or water. I guess I could also do that at the tower. But. I mean, whichever one you want to dive in. Or I could swim to Purgatory Alley Temple. Ooh. Yeah, that might be... But did people already make it out there, do you think? We don't Probably. know. And then you guys wouldn't be able to come. Well, I mean, you could swim right. in the water, I'm assuming. But. I mean, I could, <laughs> I could also just fly. So. You can fly? Yes. Can you make the rest of us fly? Yes, we've done this before. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> okay, so I want to go to the shipwreck. Where do you guys that's I mean, how we're I'm, doing. I, I think I'm still fine with heading towards the shipwreck. The woods will give us some cover, and we okay. can find some stuff on the way. Yeah. And each turn, Thomas, we can forage. Each turn, you can yeah. move two squares at a normal pace, move one square while sneaking. You can scavenge. And then if there's anything else that you decide you want to do, like if you want to sit down and like make some pottery, that would take at least a turn. Okay. Oh, that's fast water. You pick your way through the ruins of the city, heading north. Wild blue-silver grasses have crept into the outskirts of the city, and when the last of the buildings and cobblestones are left behind, this beautiful grass stretches the twenty or so minute walk to the river. The river is wide, fairly shallow, and slow. It moves like a cat sleeping in a sunny spot, rolling lazily over to warm their other side. A few docks and boat launches remain along the banks of the river, though most of the boats still moored there are resting peacefully on the bottom. A few ferry boats and lines across the river are intact. And as you make your way across the river, I'm going to check what the other teams are doing. For the sake of brevity, for those listening, I'm going to edit that out. Uh, just imagine me rolling a bunch of dice and making mostly non-committal and a few surprised sounds. Our heroes cross the river without incident. Just a little ways from the shore is the marvelous woods. For a Feywild forest, it seems pretty normal, save for one thing. Rising out of the canopy of the trees is a whole other forest. Uh, it is essentially a double-decker forest. As you enter the woods, that horn echoes across the sky again. And then again. You're about ten minutes of walking into the forest when you see a hint of movement a ways ahead of you in the trees. I'd sneak. Yeah, try to sneak up on, on it. Okay. Um, all of you are just... Um, I would vote send somebody to scout because I am not a quiet sneaker. We should send Malkin to sneak. Okay. Malkin heads off silently th forward through the underbrush while you guys kind of hunker down. He's back a couple minutes later. Uh, there's another team up ahead. Uh, one of them seems to be really badly injured. Uh, the other four are starting to set up traps in the area. Uh, I don't think they've been here very long. Um, it doesn't look like they have much set up yet, only just a couple snares. Um, things will be pretty easy for us to get around right now. 
We should try to uh, sneak in there and take them out now, I think, before they yeah. have a chance to fortify up too much. Agreed. I'm cool with that. Melkin nods in agreement, and Elliman says, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so now everybody go ahead and give me a stealth check. 25. 16. 14. Yeah. That's not bad. It's good mm-hmm. enough. These guys appear to be very... They are engrossed in their work, apparently. Malkin and Element also rolled high enough. So you make your way up to around this camp, and um, there's just a it's, a... it's not even really like a clearing of trees, but there's an area where some of the underbrush has been cleared away. So you see throughout this little, what will, what will be a camp if they have enough time to work on it, are four halflings and one very short dwarf. All of them are wearing tortoise shells of some type. A couple of them have them, like, strapped to their chest, almost like a breastplate. One of them has it, like, wearing it like a really big sombrero. But, like, one has it slung to its back as, you know, armor there. It looks like, other than that, they appear to only really be armed with a couple daggers uh, between the five of them. Three of them have pouches that look like they've got something fairly heavy hanging from their belts. One of the halflings is sitting against a tree on kind of the opposite side of where you are. And then the other four are kind of arranged, like, equidistance, almost like in a circle. The one closest to you is digging a trench. The one to the right, and that's a little bit farther away, uh, seems to be working on something with a tree and some rope. Am I within 150 feet? Oh, sure. Okay, so... Yeah, I think we should all try to, like, just prepare an attack from range for now before we have to get up there. You can Ooh. throw your hammer... I saw you shrug, Farina. <laughs> like, do we all have ranged attacks that we can do? Yes. Alright, so does anyone mind if I go first? No, go for it. Okay. I think you and Malkin should go first. Okay. Yeah. And I'll use Sharpshooter. Okay. And I get three attacks. That's right, because you're ridiculous. I'll do Ditch Guy. Okay. 22. That'll hit... 26. That'll hit. And that's a critical 20. That'll hit. Okay. So. Okay, so that's 33 damage for the critical. Okay. Where do you hit him? Straight through the mouth. (laughs) Okay. Like he's talking and it just like flies into his mouth. (laughs) Yes. So this shot... So if he hadn't turned his head at just the last second, this probably would have killed him outright. You know, if the arrow had just gone, like, in his mouth and, like, into his spinal cord, he'd probably be done. As it is, it's kind of, like, just grazing the side of his spinal cord as it pops out the back side of his head. Which fucks him up. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> okay. It'll be okay. 13 damage on the second one. So he's just reaching up to grab at his face where this arrow is now sticking out of and, and starting to gurgle. And your second arrow catches him in the thigh and causes his leg to buckle. And he drops down to one knee. He's bleeding heavily from the two wounds. And he's not out of the fight, but is probably not going to be doing a whole lot. Okay, and I'll just shoot the last one at him. It is 11. Almost mercifully, after what you did to his face, your third shot catches him in the torso. And he just flops onto the ground. So Ditch Guy is dead. And you all wanted Malkin to attack next, or kind of at the same time, right? Yeah, Malkin goes next. I think Malkin is pretty sick of the Feywild. 
So he's going to shoot at the guy who's already hurt. There you go. That's a good hit. And a sneak attack. And that's a shit ton of damage. Because he automatically crits for being an assassin. (laughs) So, uh, 50 damage. So that arrow goes right through the poor little wounded halfling's chest pinning him against the tree so his lifeless body doesn't really slump at all. How uh, far away from each other are they? I'll say they're in range of a fireball if that's what you're asking. Don't pretend like you read my mind, okay? <laughs> I'm going to do a fireball because that's what I wanted to do. Oh, I'm surprised. So I'm just going to like do some small hand symbols and then just kind of like thrust it towards them and nothing's going to appear there except you'll see like in the middle of their camp like a small ember gently fall between them and just Let's see how they fare. What's your DC? 18. None of them are going to make it. <laughs> 33. Fire roils over the clearing and them. The remaining members of the team begin to scream in agony as the flames burn them. And then, so then, yeah, Therina, what are you doing? I'll just run in there and use my real hammer. And I'm raging. Oh, natural 20. Nice. Uh, go ahead and tell us what that looks like. Okay, so which which one's, like, alive and closest to us, probably? Um, no, is there one on, like, the other side so I can, like, jump over the fire and, like, come down on its head? Okay. Roll your damage. 29. Uh, that'll kill him. Okay. Okay, good. So his little head goes... Let's roll initiative to finish this up. I got a 14. I rolled a 14 as well. I, Damn it. I rolled a 14 too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Everyone who's not here rolled a 2 for initiative, so... Well, so the the slingers are going to go first anyway, so while they are doing their thing, you guys can figure it out. So the one who is by the rope pulls a slingshot out of that pouch and begins to whirl it around toward Dorina, and let's fly. And that's a critical hit. You are raging, though, so it is only 12 damage. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Never mind. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> and since Therina is kind of the clear and present danger, the other halfling is also going to sling at her. That's an 18, so that'll hit for 8 damage. And now it's Club 14's turn. I'm going to do Magic Missile. I'm going to send two at the stronger one, one at the weakest one. Okay. So, Roll your damage. Five, two, and five. Three little shooting stars come streaking out of your hands, trailing that cosmic Elder Starlight blue trails behind them before they crash into the halflings. Say the one closest to you looks like he's about to fall over, and the one with the who is by the rope is not looking too much better. I'll, uh, loose some arrows at them. 21. That hits. 17. That does not hit. Damn. And 24. That one hits. Okay. 
That's 15. That'll kill that one. Okay. And 12 damage. And that'll kill the last one. Yay. As the halflings are reeling from Varus's magic missile, Aramil's first arrow catches one in the breast. And they fall. The second arrow bounces off the turtle shell on the final halfling. And then the third arrow comes flying in just behind that one, catching that halfling in the throat. They too then fall to the ground and are motionless. The forest is still a little bit on fire around this little campsite that's very, it's very well cleared now if you guys wanted to camp here. But, uh, so what'd you like to do? Loot the shit out of them bodies. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. As your team moves fully into the clearing, you hear the horn echoing in the sky. You are going to find two daggers, each with a durability of two, two sets of hide armor, one with a durability of three, and one with a durability of two, three slings, two with a durability of three, one with a durability of four. And just a reminder, we use the more historically accurate slingshot damage, so they do 2d6 damage. But I do think we should either destroy or, like, really hide the other weapons that we find. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. I'll take a... I'll take a piece of the of the hide armor and I'll drop my longsword. Okay. And then one of you can make a roll on the loot table. Uh, nineteen. Um, so you find a another one of those warhammer pole arms, and then you also found a grappling hook. Sweet. Does anybody need a grappling hook? I don't think so. Devin can just fly, so what does he need a grappling hook for? <laughs> also, I have one hand, so... <laughs> oh, yeah! You can throw him one-handed. You can, you can, like, be like... I mean, I can get it there, but I'm not gonna be able to go up. Okay. As you're finishing up going through the clearing and the last of the halfling's bodies, you hear another horn blast. This one is a little bit deeper and doesn't seem to echo across the sky. This one seems to be coming from the ground, somewhere to the south of you. Like a like a battle cry, kind of? Does that mean they like release some sort of creature to start hunting us, or a, another team? These are all good questions. <sighs> Does it mean we I would win? like to perceive realities of the fuck it's called. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can do a perception Dog check. Game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll do it. I'll do a perception check. Nineteen. Yeah, I think that's good enough. I'll give you. I'll give you a little. So it is definitely coming from the south, and um, it definitely sounds like a hunting horn. Um, and since there is a group of hunters, like from the Wild Hunt, on the island as well, it's almost certainly from them. And okay. if they're blowing the horn, you would imagine that means they're on the path of somebody. Oh, boy. Hunting horn. I think we're being hunted. Oh, shit. Should they we... do move in herds. Should we hunker down or should we keep moving? <laughs> um, I think that we should, should keep moving. 
Okay, no good. All right. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so you continue through the forest toward the Black Rock. Let me make a couple more rolls here. So it's about another 20 minutes worth of trekking through the forest. And during that time, you hear another of the horn blasts that echoes across the sky. The one that seems to indicate that a team has fallen. And you hear another of the terrestrial-bound horns. And this one sounds closer. Not like right behind you, but definitely closer. Ahead of you, the forest ends, opening onto a white sand beach. You are maybe about 300 feet or so from uh, the beach where like the, the remnants of the abandoned harbor is kind of spread out along the, the coast there. Most of the docks have like fallen in. There's a couple like a lot of them are just like posts that are like leaning kind of like wonky wise. There's a few that like some of the, the planks are still hanging on and like they dip into the water. And then the, the beach area where the black rock sits is pretty well overgrown with like beach grass and like vines that have all kind of like, climbed up into the wreck of the ship. Two of the three masts still stand, though they are kind of tilted on an angle as the ship's not actually sitting like level on the beach. And vines and moss hang from most surfaces, obscuring most of the original wood of the ship itself. And so there's, you know, there's enough undergrowth and some, like, um, refuse around the edge of it, like, uh, that at least on the, the one side that you're seeing, which would be, like, the, the starboard side, it looks like, like, dirt and plants have gone, like, right up from the beach, like, over top of the, the railing onto the, onto the deck itself. I want to I, the ship. Yeah, me too. But do we see anybody, like, do I see anybody on the ship somewhere in that? Okay. Why don't you make a perception check? 19... You don't really see anybody. We're clear, guys. Well, then let's go. No problem or danger. I trust your judgment. (laughs) But you go first. All right. I'll, uh, yeah, let's, I'll move into the the ship or however we need to. You step out of the tree line and begin making your way across the beach. You don't make it very far before you hear a sound, a voice, in fact. Hello, my friends. Standing maybe 20 feet away from you is Raphael of the Eternal Watch. He has the bluish, translucent visage of an astral projection. He stands at a strange angle, as if he is leaning on something, but you of course cannot see what it is. He gives you a weak, pained smile, and you realize he might be leaning on something because he's having trouble standing. And when a bit of purple drips from his shirt, you realize he is soaked in blood that just appears purple in the blue haze. He is holding his stomach near where the dripping is coming from. He says, I do not have much time, but we need to talk.
let's roll initiative to finish this up. I got a 14. I rolled a 14 as well. I, I rolled a 14 too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? That's weird. My modifier is a plus six. I have a plus seven modifier. So I'm okay. I have a plus well, two. 40. So technically I win because I actually rolled higher. Oh, fuck. My computer's well, almost out of battery already. The way ties work is you guys have to decide who's going to go first. But oh, I thought it went by me, modifier. Me, me, me. It does not. The Adventure Zone steered me wrong all these years. Yeah. I mean, I think they just ended up doing that as a house rule. Um, just so my brothers wouldn't fight. But... Um, do you want to do that as a house rule or do you want us to fight over it? I want you guys to or fight over it. Um, Battle to the death. Well, I'm just going to take the initiative and go ahead and swing again at the at whoever. <laughs> hold on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang well, on. Makes the most narrative sense. The most narrative sense, I think, is that Amy is already in the... Middle of everything, so... Yeah. But also, also it makes sense that as I was killing that person, you would shoot an arrow at somebody else. So which way would I want to go with that? I, I don't have a thirst for blood, so if somebody else wants to finish them off... Okay, then I'll do it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm before all of you. <laughs> well, well, That's a very I'm, varied thing to say, so okay. Um, and so then who of you three are going first? Me. Okay. I rolled a 21 initiative, and I'm going last. You said you had yep. a 14. I rolled the 14, plus 7. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's why like, I was confused Devin! what you were saying. I, Have you never rolled initiative in your life? <laughs> I hate you so much. Okay. Wait, so did you not actually roll a 14? I rolled you... the number 14 on oh my Oh my dice. god. <laughs> it's fine. It's the first time he's ever done initiative. It's <laughs> Or anything in Dungeon Dragons where you add a modifier. Okay. Well... So, Varys, even though you should have gone first, you just stood and watched um, Me <laughs> the get two halflings hack. sling attack Thorina. So, Appreciate now what would you like to do? Oh, okay. That's fine. Um, 